0: episode 1069 of the sleeper in the Bust. it is friday june 24th i'm your host paul spore joined this morning by justin mason justin thanks for waking up very early how are you <laughs>
1: uh I'm, I'm tired i went to bed at like three o'clock in the morning got up at five thirty so i could be here i'm i'm running on fumes so we'll need to pump me up a little bit this morning
0: all right all right well got up early that's good we got plenty of pitchers to talk about some exciting ones maybe they maybe they will get you going the excitement of of talking about some of these guys here cuz really what we're talking about is some of these pitchers that have been studs but they might not have the strongest track record here both from the uh f- from the career standpoint but also from this year like do we trust what they're doing so far so there might be some pivotal decisions with some of them i wonder if you might cut some of them outright in, say, 12s and, and shallower. Um, say, hey, take what I get from the bank and then move on. Maybe not, but we'll see. Let's we'll, let's get into them. Let's start at the high end. We're, we are going off the Rasball Player Raider again. Rasball.com slash Player rater, all one word. And let's start with Tyler Anderson out with the Dodgers. Now, the thing of it is nothing is going to slow down the – oh, my God, they went to the Dodgers, let's instantly get them thing because Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney look amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, they both have fit, you know, Dodger magic or whatever you want to call it because they both look awesome and and ready to go. Tyler Anderson's been there all year. Andrew Heaney's only had a few starts because of injury. Huge surprise. But we've seen glimpses of quality from Tyler Anderson, and this is what it's like. It's like they show glimpses of quality. In other organizations they get to a premium organization like the Dodgers and you're like well they can they can turn this they can spin this into like full-on gold here and they kind of have three era 0.97 whip uh strikeouts up to a career high 23 percent walks down to a career best four percent his career is 21 and seven so like the makings were there they maximized it 13 percent swinging strike rate also a career best for Tyler Anderson is there something real here with the 32 year old or is he riding the hot and destined to regress? What do you think of Tyler Anderson from here forward?
1: Um, I think there's a little bit of both. I definitely think there's something here, you know, on top of that career high swing and strike rate. He's also got a career high and O swing, um, you know, so he's getting guys to chase outside the zone, uh, doing a good job of not giving up hard contact uh, his uh, hard contact percentage over on fan graphs is 28.9%. Uh, that's pretty, like, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty good, especially considering his career. Um, you know, he the only concern is he's given up a career high in fly ball percentage. So maybe things should start leaving the
0: park uh, but because he doesn't give up such hard contact, maybe not. Um, a lot of pop-ups for, for Tyler Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's been in kind of this 43 to 45. This year's 45 is the highest. Um, he's kind of been in this fly ball range since 2020. Um, it kind of coincides with him leaving Colorado. Maybe he realized he could do a different approach where if the ball was in the air, it wouldn't kill him as much. He, don't forget he was with San San Francisco back in 2020, and then uh, Pittsburgh-Seattle split seasons last year, and now the Dodgers. So a lot easier spots to pitch than Colorado, and all of a sudden he's more of a fly ball guy, and it hasn't really killed him. Now, 8% homer to fly ball rate is down four points from last year. So like you said, maybe a few more homers, but I like that he gets the pop-ups. I like that he's got the swing and miss. I like a lot of what we're seeing from Tyler Anderson.
1: Yeah, I I do too, and I I think um, as long as he's healthy – uh they're gonna have to ride him. I mean, they're you know, already down Walker Bueller. Who knows how many innings they get from Kershaw rest of the way? Who knows how many innings they get from uh Andrew Heaney rest of the way? Of um, yeah. you know, uh Julio your is gonna continue to pitch, uh, but he hasn't been like elite in the same way that we've seen him in the past. So like mm-hmm. I th- I mean, I think that they've gotta give him a lot of rope. So on, um and You know, even without Mookie right now, like they're still one of the best offenses in baseball. So, uh, I mean, he's you know, at worst, he's going to get you wins. Uh, They're going to rely upon him because they don't want to tax overtax the bullpen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like Tyler Anderson. Don't I? Don't think this is one of those situations
0: where you should be jumping off, you know, the bandwagon. I totally agree. He's 14th so far. Uh, I don't think he's going to finish 14th, but he doesn't have to to be a major net value. I (laughs) will say. The immediate future is a little rough. He gets at Colorado and home to the uh home to the Padres next week. Are you taking that with with Tyler Anderson given how good he's been so far this year would you start that in a 15 team mixed league?
1: That's really tough because you know some people are like, "Oh, you're, you're going to be like, oh well, you know, Colorado, you know, I know it's at Colorado, but they haven't been great. The Padres have been really, really good against left-handed pitching. That's been their strength. Uh, this year. And it looks like Machado is going to be back here. Um, I think I would skip on that. Like, I... I,
0: I I think I would skip and not cut. You know how... Was, yeah, like, oh, yeah, for about? sure. You got to hold. You got to hold. Yeah. yeah. I always say, how about, you know, if you can't start them in a two-step, you might have to cut, cut them, and you really should consider it. I think I go through the process and think, okay, I should be able to still hold him though. Uh, I don't, I would not cut Tyler Anderson if I'm not using him here, but this is a really difficult two-step that even for someone pitching as well as he is, I I just think you're asking for some trouble there with at Colorado and home to the Padres. So I too would pass on the Tyler Anderson two-step next week, but not cut. Let's go just down a couple ranks from that at 16th. Kyle Wright has been one of the big breakouts of the year so far. And I think a lot of people believe in it because we expected him to be good, right? Former number five overall pick, a lot of prospect hype. took some time to get there, but honestly didn't even really like it took time in terms of years, but not like major league time. He had 70 major league innings coming into this year. We really didn't know what we had with, with Kyle, right? He comes in this year, looking a lot more refined velo up missing bats, like crazy uh, 27% strikeout rate, 12% swinging strike, Walk rate was always a problem in that in 70-inning that sample, 15% walk rate, down to 8% this year. Everything's clicking. He's not quite as good as he was in April, but of course that's because he was running as hot as you can be in April. He's been pretty good since. Is Kyle Wright somebody that holds up the whole year as a full-scale breakout? Do you believe that come the end of the year, he will be one of the bigger breakouts of the season?
1: I think the main question with him is not skills. I think the main question is, does he tire out at some point? Um, You know, the I think the Braves are in a similar situation to the Dodgers, where like they've got this really good team, but they don't have a crap ton of depth, especially in the rotation. And so I think they need him. He had a buck forty three last year.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, one thirty seven at Triple A. So I I think he should be ready to go for Kyle Ryan.
1: He should be. I'm going to say he's going to be good then because uh I mean you look at even like you know the last few starts uh and he hasn't been as good but like the underlying skills like aren't bad like he just kind of got a little bit unlucky uh, maybe a little bit babbitt uh, or like and- a couple
0: like a bad inning here and there too but he survives like I think people I think it's our natural inclination as a fantasy community to wait for the the bottom to drop out on, on breakouts. And so you start to see a little something and like, oh boy, here it comes. And we just kind of go instantly to the fatalistic notion. I think people have a few times tried to say like, oh, this is the unraveling for Kyle, Wright, And it hasn't been, you know, he had the six earned against Boston back in May. He bounced back from that brilliantly. Now he's had 21 hits in the last two games at the Cubs and, and home to the Giants. But he's kind of survived those starts. Now nine earned in eleven yep. and two thirds is not great, but I feel like he hasn't been crushed in those starts and still has twelve strikeouts and two walks in those 11 yep. and third innings.
1: He also had a 550 Babbitt in the Cubs start and That's a slightly five, high. A 529 Babbitt against the Giants. I, I mean, this like... is what happens when you get so many ground balls um, that sometimes they're going to find the hole. Yeah, but like they didn't kill him. And in the Giants game. He was pitching really well and then kind of, you know, right at the end of his start. Um, Got a little, kind of,
0: a little hazy there. Yeah.
1: yeah that
0: uh, was uh, that was yesterday, right? Yeah, he was pitching yeah. so well. And then I looked up and then all of a sudden all, all these hits and, and it, it was up to five and a third, four runs, and he was mm-hmm. out. But he kind of lost it there in the middle, which happens.
1: Um, but, I mean, here's something I really like. Since May 15th, he has not had a start in which he allowed more than one barrel.
0: Ooh, that's really nice.
1: So that's a like, good
0: stat because he's allowed 42 hits in those 49 innings. You'd be like, "Oh, he's been getting he's been getting hit up a bit." No, not yeah. really. And in the la-
1: his last four starts, he is not allowed an exit velocity above or, you know, to 110. So that's fantastic. Like, he he's not letting people barrel him up. He's not he's not letting like these max uh max velos like get up super high. Uh and he gets a lot of ground balls, he's got a pretty good defense behind him. Like, I think he's gonna be fine. Like, yeah, I I, I don't think it, like if someone's trying to sell high right now, I'll buy high. Like, I'll, I'll pay what the market value is on him right now.
0: Yeah, I I would too with Cal Wright. I think he's gonna beat the projections that are out there, particularly on the whip, which uh are still kind of influenced heavily by the 70 innings coming into this year. They've got basically low 130s for the whip projection. I definitely think he can beat that. And I think he can beat the ERA, too, which is uh, the best one is 392 from Steamer. And most of them are low Mm -hmm. fours. I'm in on this breakout here. I see a lot that I like. And it's not just, oh, you know, he was supposed to do this. But there is some of that, too. It's like, okay, this was the guy that we thought he could be. Lots to like with uh, the team supporting him, the 53% ground ball, the swing and miss, the improved command and control. I don't see anything not to like here with Kyle Wright. I'm definitely buying in. And I think he can be a a mid three ZRA and a sub, uh, like a sub 120 whip, Um, damn near close to what he's been so far at 318 and 116 for Kyle Wright. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next guy. We've got Nick Pavetta at 20. Now, (laughs) we've kicked this football a few times or tried to and wound up on our backs. Is, uh, is Lucy leaving the ball there this year? Nick Pavetta has been quite good. Um, 331 ERA, 109 whip, 25% K rate. Walk rate isn't really uh, much different than normal, 9%. Not a huge swinging strike rate either at 10%, so he's maximizing uh, what he is getting there with that 25% K rate. But home run rate cut down big time, 0. 0.9. It's a career best. 8% homer to fly ball rate. Is this just a hot homer to fly ball rate? Or is Nick Pavetta doing stuff here to earn these suppressed home runs and thus can be one of this year's breakouts? What say you about our, our fun Canadian starter for the Red Sox? Oh man,
1: this feels like uh like there's a, gonna be a blow-up coming. Um and you know, it, it's so hard because pitching in the AL East. You have so many opportunities to get blown the fuck up, right? Like, you know, and he's going to have, you know, two of his next three starts are against Toronto and the Yankees. Um, So, like, would you start him at Toronto? It's hard not to when he's been putting up the numbers that he has. Exactly. But he still gives up a fair amount of fly balls. Uh, He still gives up uh, a decent amount of hard contact. Um and he's been walking guys uh like crazy um as of late like I this is such a like hot potato um (laughs) that it's it's definitely scary. I mean he in his last six starts he's walked at least two guys in each start, including four in his last start. Uh, versus St. Louis. Now he got ten strikeouts against St. Louis mm-hmm. too, um, which is great. And he has another double-digit strikeout um, game against the Angels in there in that uh, six-game mix as well. Oh, it's hard to not think that this is not go- uh, that this is gonna this isn't gonna come back and bite you in the ass. I, I think it will at some point, but you also probably should ride it. Like it's just. Oh, yeah,
0: God. Did I'm, I'm sorry, I was um looking up his stats for uh some of his recent games. Did you say that his velo is down a mile and a half as well? I did not. So that's another thing, too. He's down from 95 to 93 and a half. So like nothing in the profile jumps out except the home run rate in the bat. Like the strikeouts mm-hmm. and walks are like in line with previous for Pavetta, and the velo is down. So I'm just like What's driving this that I can that I can bank on is he just you know running hot with the with the same skill set? I kind of think so. I kind of think so. So as such, I don't think that uh, that we're in the clear here uh, to just kind of you know set it and forget it. I do think he. I mean, he gets he gets to start against Cleveland here today, so that could change things, right? If he gets blasted, you can reassess for the at Toronto. But if he goes out and has another gem today against Cleveland. I don't know how you sit Pavetta at Toronto, even though it's at Toronto. And I just said how this is kind of a heater that I'm not sure I buy in on. I still think you gotta start him.
1: I think the upside's too good. Yeah, I just um I, I think you're gonna have to drop him at some point, but I'm rolling with it. He I mean he's been he's been a godsend for my uh main event team because I picked him up
0: off the wire after he got dropped in the first month. Um mm-hmm. and, and oh, that's another thing about him. He was dreadful through the first month 827 era so yeah. that tells you how well he's been doing over these last 10 starts the fact that he he fronted a month and it was mm-hmm. at the yankees against minnesota and against toronto twice so a pretty robust schedule they beat him up for that 827 era and then pavetta said let me pop a 207 over my next 10 starts which i mean is, is great including you know by the way i don't want to just say that he's only beating up on losers the schedule has been friendly but he, his best start of the year is nine innings, a complete game, one run against Houston. So it's yeah. not like he hasn't done anything. Against and the Cincinnati.
1: last start was St. Louis, who's been one of the hottest teams in uh, off- offenses in baseball. Um, and, and, you ten, know, 10 times against them. So Yeah, 10, ten strikeouts there. I, to me, when the regression comes and the regression monster will come, it's
0: going to come hard because he's been walking so many people yep
1: um and so three run
0: homer type type
1: deal yeah uh it's gonna be hard because like he gets like i said he gets toronto this week but then he lines up for a two-step with a really good front end and a really scary back end um it's uh he uh pavetta is going to be i believe let's see i believe it is home versus tampa bay and then home versus new york yeah, so he's got a he's got a, he's got a two step
0: in Fenway Tuesday the fifth. This is the uh, week after next, so next week yeah. it's at Toronto, and then this would be the f- first week of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the
1: Sunday, uh, the tenth, uh, home versus the Yankees. So like Tampa Bay has been awful uh, offensively, yeah. so you're you're not worried about that one. But,
0: the but what if they one, start rebounding? And then, uh, like, what if they start getting going? And then you got the Yankees too. Well, right? yeah, because like Franco
1: should be back here pretty soon, and
0: and they got a regress back and something like they've been dreadful lately. You and I could mm-hmm. put up five five good ones against uh, Tampa Bay right now. It's been awful, so yeah. Nick Pavetta, we're worried. Nick and uh, Nick and I, uh, Justin, I've been a fan before. We 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 were part of the big fantasy love fest of Nick Pavetta a few years ago when he was everyone's darling. We were both part of that. I'm I'm writing riding cautiously with it. If I've got him, I'm starting him, but I understand the risk I'm taking. I
1: uh, I traded for Nick Pavetta in a dynasty league. Oh God, do you remember I'm, what you gave? I can't remember what I gave, but I know it was bad. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm looking it up. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now. I like the.
0: I know it was bad. I know yeah. I do
1: um but i'm trying to i'm trying because i know i put a poll out on on twitter um
0: well so. while you're looking that up i just will point out that like like i said pavetta i just want to reiterate basically the same core skills that have netted him a career 493 136 era here i just i, I just don't know what i'm supposed to latch on to especially with the velo dip uh, i don't see much of an arsenal change he is throwing fewer sliders Kind of pumping it into his curveball, but who gives a shit? Like I, I don't know that that four point change is really driving anything. So I guess that's my biggest issue is I can't figure out what's going on. Like the fastball, from a pitch value standpoint, it's the fastball has been driving everything. So maybe he's got fastball command, but then why is he still got a nine percent walk rate? I don't know. I think he's running pretty hot.
1: So uh, in twenty nineteen, before. Uh, if- prior to the start of the season. So this is mm-hmm. like at the hype of the Nick Pavetta, like bandwagon, everybody going crazy. The, the Nick Pavetta breakout season, right? Mm-hmm. I traded, I traded Mackenzie Gore for Nick Pavetta and Tyler Skaggs. So it did not, um, it, well, it didn't hurt me as badly as maybe I thought it yeah. would, At the, you know, that after that season, because both Skaggs and Pavetta were awful. Um, and neither are obviously still on my team uh, at this point, but I'd did still it, like that one back.
0: Did, did that did, person keep Gore? Up? I have no idea, but because obviously you know coming coming out of last year, things were gloomy for Gore, so they might have cut him, and so then it was just a lose lose deal there. Mm-hmm. Perhaps
1: I also did not win that league that year. <laughs> That's and to, to this day I have not won that. I've been rebuilding
0: since. Oh my goodness. They've got your number in that league. Sometimes yeah. you just get in the league where you're like, I, I can't, I can't break. Through. Well,
1: it's got some really tough people in it. Uh, Shelley Verstrate is in it. Darius Austin is in it. Uh, shout out to our, our commissioner Ben Briggs, who's fantastic. Uh, okay. Shout out to all dynasty
0: commissioners. Uh, absolutely. absolutely, they you're do do the Lord's work. really. Lord's work out there. All right, we have we have to do it. We have to talk. Martin Perez. Let's go, baby. M- or, uh, yeah, MVP. MVP. And yeah, just, just give him MVP. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can Give say him that. everything. Give it all. So We actually haven't really talked about him much uh, at all. We haven't talked about him on the show. Maybe a little bit dereliction of duty there that we haven't really discussed him. But I think it's because neither of us really believe in it. We got to talk about him now. He's been on fire. And, you know, I've been like – kind of saying, okay, regression monsters around the corner. So I've been kind of going against him lately, and he just keeps putting up gems. He's 23rd on the player Raider, which is actually kind of low among starters for me. I was surprised with a 196 ERA. But he has a 113 whip, five wins, only a 20% K rate for Martin Perez. Justin, I can't be convinced that this is anything but the BABIP in home run suppression. BABIP down to 296. Ground ball rate is up, so that's helped with the home run suppression. I I grant that, 53%. That's a nine-point jump. But a 3% homer to fly ball rate has yielded a .21 homer. He's literally allowed two homers on the year. I don't buy this in the slightest. This is the biggest Vargas rule since since Nick made the, the concept up, which was the 2017 Jason Vargas season, where he was brilliant through June. And still wound up with a 418 season ERA, which tells you just how bad those final three months were. That's Martin Perez 100% here. This is the biggest Vargas rule that we've seen since. So, I mean, I think, I think you're playing with fire every time you start him from this point forward with Martin Perez. What, what say you? Oh, man. What if I told you he has only given up eight total barrels this year? I mean, that's a great. Three percent barrel percentage. That's wonderful like he is doing some things. Okay, let me step back a moment. I'd like to talk about the differences between lucky and unsustainable.
1: Yes. Okay, cuz
0: this is this is this is going I'm going to let you finish here in a second. Um, I just think he's been both. And I don't want I don't want to just say yes. it's luck. I think he's done some things that have been positive for Martin Perez to contribute to what he's doing. I don't think you can just stone cold fluke this. Like he is doing some things well it is unsustainable though i just don't see how it sustains with the level of contact that he allows the skills that he has the history that's there i don't buy it so i think there is some luck i don't want to just say it's been luck though i just think it's unsustainable which is different i give him credit for what he's done no shot he can keep it going all year as far as i'm concerned with my team.
1: <laughs> but is the difference between him and tyler anderson the fact that tyler anderson pitches for the dodgers no, and,
0: he's, got, he's got actual skills. Tyler Anderson uh, can miss bats. Mark,
1: uh, yes, this is true. Martin Perez 13%. has got some skills though. Like, he has some
0: skills to be a major league mid-tier pitch. Like, yes, he is a innings-eating number four that a lot of teams would value. That's why Martin Perez is probably going to be around for another five, six, seven years if his body holds up. Totally agree with that. I'm talking about pure like fantasy value to bank on as a top whatever guy in your rotation, a top four guy, someone you're kind of starting consistently. He does not have skills for that. Nothing's really changed in his skill set. Like the walk rates down a point, the strikeout rates up a point, no tangible difference in swinging strike rate. It's all the home run suppression, which as you suggest, he's played some role in with his contact management, but is it enough for you to think that Martin Perez, like what, what's, what, don't just give me his season line from here or his um, ERA from here forward. What? Uh, what is it? What? What? See, what do you think his season ERA is?
1: Well, oh, so like, what does he finish at?
0: Yeah, or, maybe, or uh, if it's easier for you to say what he is from here forward, I, I guess you can do that too. Whichever one you want.
1: Um, I think he is probably going to be like uh three six rest of the, of the way? way or pitcher? that's where his season is gonna end no i think that's where he pitches rest of the way um, oh wow that's huge may, exactly. maybe even maybe a little higher maybe closer to four but like um but yeah he i guy for the rest of the year really yes okay so let's let, let's make a little board bet um i'll have to write this down so that I will say that he has an under
0: 420
1: ERA for the mean. Oh, definitely take the rest order.
0: of the way. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, we'll, mm-hmm. um, put this in my calendar it's from June 24th on. Martin Perez ERA. And then uh we'll say over under. Mhm. 420. Uh, 420, yeah. 420 um, and you have the under. Okay. So, he he has got a
1: 53% ground ball percentage. And he has a top five hard contact percentage in Major League Baseball. That's great. Uh, It will not last. He is fifth on that list of qualified starters um, with the best hard contact percentage. Uh, He is sandwiched in between Garrett Cole and Sandy Alcantara.
0: Those those Uh, are the things he's doing well. It it will not last. It will not last. There is no chance. I mean, I hear you say that. There but is why can't no it. A chance. because because of baseball, right? Because we know how baseball works and we know that it simply will not last. Um, I think pitches you know, in a good park. So did Jason Vargas. Again, I'm just gonna follow in the a Vargas good division to pitch in here. Jason. It Vargas may be the best
1: two- division to pitch in. Jason
0: Vargas had a two twenty-two ERA through June, put up a six 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 the rest of the way. Didn't really change much. Regression started to happen. This is Martín Pérez, one thousand percent. They are the same. They are Spider Man memeing their faces off, dude. I, like
1: I do not think that like the skills are going to be sustainable. But I also don't think he's going to completely fall apart. Uh, he's, I, he's, I think like, the hard part becomes where does he get traded? Uh, because. Yeah. If he gets traded to, like, my Giants, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Or maybe maybe he gets traded cross-division into the Angels. I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'll tell you Um, this, though. he gets traded to Atlanta or New York or one of these teams
0: with a bad stadium, that could end really poorly. You should worry wherever he gets traded because you're going to regress so hard. But Martin Perez, (laughs) even with a five from here forward, you, you I forget the exact phrase you just said, you don't think he's gonna be terrible the rest of the way. A five the rest of the way is not terrible. Like there's a lot of good starts in there to to have such a such a line. but the the bad ones are gonna be really bad and they're really gonna sting him in that six sixty six era that Jason Vargas had in the second half of his Vargas rule season, I see one, two, three, four, five, five really good starts within his sixteen three or four others that are pretty good. So that's like eight eight of the 16, about half of them weren't bad. So I don't think Martin Press is like getting killed every time out the rest of the way, but the lows are going to be really low. Some six, seven earned run outings in there. And I just, I'm surprised that you're falling for this.
1: No, he's, like,
0: he's he, what, you
1: know what he's doing? Just keeping it low, nothing. baby. He's yeah, keeping he is, it low. He's in stay. Look at those heat maps. He's keeping it low. All he's got to do is keep it low. All and yes, gotta do.
2: that's all
0: he's got to do. Just keep that's all he's got to do. Yep. Keep it low. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I'm riding I love, you, baby. I, I was a huge Martin Perez fan. I was too. And, and
1: maybe this is part of my bias is I was, I thought he was going to turn into like the next great left. Tell,
0: tell me why. Cause I had one specific reason that made me so into him. What, what was your, did you have a key driver and you just like his prospect pedigree? I like the prospect pedigree most Because I had a specific driver. It was the fact that he was a baby with a changeup. Yeah. he had an elite changeup at like 20, and I was so in. And it was in the, you know, early early 2010s or late 2000s, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. in that 08, 09, 10 era where um, I was really getting deeper into prospects and learning about them, and, you know, you learn how like every – Every starting pitcher, the general thing is like they got two good pitchers, a fastball, a breaking ball, and they don't have a changeup. So when a prospect actually had a changeup, you were like, oh, shit, this one could be a real one. And the prospect folks loved him. I was fully on board. And listen, the funny thing is like when we see somebody who rated as high as like 15th on prospect boards at baseball perspectives and was a five-time top 100 guy, you would say, oh, this is a failure of a career for Martin Perez because he hasn't been that great. He's put up 1,190 innings of being a league average pitcher. That is a win of a prospect. I think we have a bad job of – we do a bad job of, like, grading a prospect that isn't elite or a f- total bust out. Like, if he's, we can't put him in one pitched of those – for buckets, 11
1: seasons in the That's majors. what I'm saying. Like 11
0: seasons, 1,190 yeah. uh, um, innings, that's a quality return from our team. And he's only 31. And like I said, if the body holds up, he's going to be around another six, seven years, I bet. Wow, but he's
1: only 31. That's it,
0: crazy. As much as I've liked him and as positive as I can be, I just I don't see enough here to really buy into this in any tangible way. The ground ball rate's the only thing that's really helping him, but it's only going to keep the ball in the park for so long with the 3% homer to fly balls. So I don't want to belabor the point too much because I really don't want to be anti Martin Perez. I hope I'm wrong. I honestly I would gladly. I think you're out wrong. With too, you, I'm, I'm still but riding this. I'm 100% correct. So.
1: I'm yeah, sorry. I w- I mean like it could go really wrong. Like it's that
0: that's my fear. You know.
1: Um his yeah, as as a guy with a degree in history, history repeats itself. <laughs> Martin Perez has screwed me in the past, he will screw me again. Yeah.
0: Uh Joe Ryan, big fan here. You know that 40th mm-hmm. pitcher right now. I think my reason that he's not higher is volume. That's 100% mm-hmm. it because he did miss some time. He actually had a lengthy covid battle. So I think he had it and it It knocked him on his ass, I believe, because he was he was down for the count for a minute. And that is, again, really the only reason that he's down here at 40th, because he's got 54 innings with a three ERA and a 106 whip, 24 percent K rate. He's had a few random games of like high walks because you don't really expect that from him. Nine of his 16 walks have come in two games. Houston and Seattle were just on him that day and, and spit on everything, or, or he just lost his fastball command, whatever it was. Um, So he's had those two weird walk spikes. His home run rate, he's cut it big time from last year, 12% homer to fly ball down to 8%, and 1.4 homer per nine down to 1. 1.0 flat, 1. flat. So I was a huge Joe Ryan fan coming into the season. Uh, obviously nothing he's done here has dissuaded me from that. So obviously I can, I'm still on board and nothing for me to add there. But what about you? Where were you on Joe Ryan coming into the year? Do you believe in what he's done so far, and where is he going to uh, finish this season? Where he, where, where's his trajectory take him?
1: Mm, I, I was not a huge Joe Ryan fan. Um, I almost took him in our main. He um, let Striker get him. Way to
0: go, dummy! And
1: yeah, I, I you know um, I ended up going a different direction, uh, so i I'm I'm bummed about that. I was worried about how many fly balls he allowed uh, and uh, if that was going to come back to bite him in the home run rate. And, you know, I mean, early no in the memory. season, we had the kind of the dead ball. Uh, you know, so he's given up four home runs. Uh, four of his six home runs have come in his uh, last four starts. So we're starting to see a little bit of uh, the regression in the home run department. But it's not like he gives up a crap ton of hard contact either he does actually a pretty
0: good job of limiting that hard contact mm-hmm. so and doesn't walk guys so when he does give up homers joe ryan mm-hmm. they're rarely multi multi-home run killers yeah yeah so multi-run homers excuse me uh, and i'm i'm, I'm I'm in on this. Obviously. Again, yeah, I was yeah. in the beginning, so I'm not uh, giving up any great news here to say that I'm still in. 81% left on base rate. That's coming down, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would even say the 248 Babbitt will probably go up, but not necessarily big time because one of the things about being such a fly ball guy is you will have a lower babbit, and he doesn't allow a ton of contact. So I do think he'll maintain a, a low babbit, but maybe not 248. I'm down to say that that can go up a bit. But I think he can be a mid-three zra the rest of the way with a sub one twenty whip and oh you know about a strikeout per inning with good win opportunities on Minnesota. So I, I really, really believe in Joe Ryan, and I would I would stay the course on this.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's anything you're, you're anything actionable here. I mean, I do think there are gonna be more home runs given up, but as long as he continues to not walk guys like i don't think that's going to be a huge problem for him um you know just don't put men on base for free uh and those home runs won't hurt as much uh so like i do think there's probably some regression and maybe there's going to be like that one really bad game where he does walk four or five because he loses uh the control uh and then gives up the home run but
0: yeah, like against every,
1: every even great pitchers i mean we saw it with Garrett cole the other day like he he had that awful start, and then he goes out and almost throws a no hitter on his next start. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, even great pitchers have a bad day. So, like, yes, will there be some regression to, for Joe Ryan? Yeah, I do think so. But, like, is it going to, like, kill your season? It's not going to be, like, as bad as Nick Pavetta or probably Martin Perez's regression. Like, that's yeah.
0: for sure. So, like, I, I took his 12% homer to fly ball rate from last year with Joe Ryan and applied it to this year's fly balls. It would be about another three homers, give him one two run shot and a couple solos put that on his on his ledger right now. That move is ERA from 3.0 to 3.67. That's right not, in line with what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's exactly where I would think he would be. There you go. All right, so that's Joe Ryan of the Twins. Paul Blackburn, 41st, sitting there right behind Joe Ryan. Now, part of that though is just that he doesn't strike out a lot of guys cuz he's got um almost 20 more innings than Joe Ryan. But just 55 strikeouts as a uh, 6.5 K9. 297 ERA, though 118 whip. The schedule has really been tough on, on Paul Blackburn lately. Remember, he had that two-start where it was Boston and Houston. I flat-out sat that one out. He um, he survived. I mean, he gave up eight earned in 10 and two-thirds. Uh, if you started it, it didn't destroy you, but there was no reason to take that shot. Uh, Then he went to Boston and held up five and a third, one run. Uh, Then Seattle killed him recently, seven earned in four innings. Now he's facing another big two-step here at the Yankees and at Seattle. And I suggested to you before we started here that I wonder if, like, the real savvy move right now, let's just say you've gotten most of this, maybe not all of it. Obviously, you didn't pick him up day one. And maybe you sat out the Boston and Houston. Is there any merit to just cutting Paul Blackburn now, taking what you got, and not waiting for any regression?
1: Um, I don't think there is. I, I don't know how you cut a guy who's performed this well. Like I, I think you can still you be, don't believe it. I think you can still be judicious in when you use him. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but. I don't know that you can cut him, especially. I'm, pitch- I, I, I'm not cutting him anywhere. I have him in a bunch of spots, so I'm always, I'm asking the question. I'm not suggesting that I'm. Yeah. Let I mean, me if, be clear. If he pitched in a
1: different division in a different home park, like I would say that would be more entertainable. But you're talking about a guy who gets a ton of ground balls, pitches in the probably the best pitching park in baseball in a division with three other, I say other because of course his team is a bottom feeder team. But, yeah. like, like, did you see that Angels lineup they ran out the other night when they gave Trout the day off? Yeah. They had Luis Rodifo batting third and Matt Duffy batting, Duffy batting four, fourth. And that's the second best offense in that division. That's their cleanup um, hitter,
0: baby. That's don't, don't sleep on their cleanup hitter, baby. Unreal. I um, think you are.
1: So, like, yeah, like, is there a regression coming? Absolutely. All of the era indicators say that he's going to regress his is over four his xera is 380 like um yes he's gonna regress he gives up a lot of hard uh he when when he gives up a hit it's usually hard contact now here's the thing he induces a lot of weak contact that goes into outs and that's what he that's why he's been successful so
0: yeah, this is that's where been you see the key see, driver for Paul Blackburn. Yeah, guy. this is
1: why you see like the discrepancy between like his FanGraphs hard contact percentage and his Statcast hard hit percentage because the hits are are flying, but he gets a lot of you know, kind of weaker contact off the bat that results in out. So
0: yeah, 11, <laughs> 11 point dip in hard hit rate from fifty one to forty this year on Statcast, basically mm-hmm. halved his barrel rate. From nine percent to four point seven. Because you so, getting I mean, so many ground balls that it's not it's not
1: flying high enough in the air to qualify as a barrel. Um okay, what about yeah. this then? You wouldn't mm-hmm. do it in 15. What about twelve? Yeah. Even in a twelve. I'm he he's at worst a team streamer. Okay. Like am I starting him against Houston I mean, or the Yankees? What was the two step? It was Seattle and who? At at the Yankees at Seattle. I'm not starting anybody. Well, I'm not. That's not true. I'm not I'm, starting a lot of guys versus the Yankees. Yeah, like trying I try to start
0: anybody. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. I know you I, you were gonna say not starting anybody, but you don't have. We don't always have that luxury to say that definitively. But for the most part, I'm trying not to start anybody. But all I'm saying is like this is the second two step that I'm definitely sitting Paul Blackburn for. The first one, okay, I gave him a pass, but I think on the second one, I start to think, well, maybe. Maybe I am cutting him here. Let me see what's available in my 12-teamer to see if you would do this. Now, (laughs) I'm going to tell you the number that this guy ranks. You're going to be like, wait, what? Of course, we talked about it offline, so I'll peel the curtain back and say, you know why. But um, I told you that Keegan Thompson, where did I say he was ranked? Oh, yeah, he's ranked 29th. Um, That's because he has seven wins as Mm -hmm. a hybrid reliever starter. Would would you pick up Keegan Thompson in a 12-teamer for Paul Blackburn?
1: No. Okay.
0: I don't really have anybody else there. That uh, any other start? Would you stash Drew Rasmussen? IL. It's no. Over. Me neither. Me neither. Okay. I think you're right. Then I'm not cutting him either. Again, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. The hard part
1: I, is you know what the start is after the two start.
0: Fucking Boston or some shit or
1: Houston. It's Houston. Yeah. It's, um, but then he gets the Rangers. So like
0: you know it's. it's
1: but all damn, dude, be like right that's here.
0: like. That's a lot, like Okay, so team streamer, like you said, though, and that's exactly what it is, is you don't – this is the essence of a team streamer where you don't want to give away somebody who could be that good, put
1: him on yeah, the not, Like, here's the thing. If you can't afford to just stash him for the next two weeks because you're probably not starting him the next two weeks. Yeah. Then I think because he's, he's two got together. this two-step, and then he's got Houston. Like, I can understand dropping him and moving on for someone who you can use. So if you're in like a daily moves lineup and you need to be rotating those pitchers in and out Mm -hmm. um, in order to keep up. uh, That's where you would make the Blackburn move preemptively. That's where I think you can make it. You know, it's like, for instance, like I dropped Madison Bumgarner in a few 15 team leagues this, uh, this last week. And it wasn't because I don't like him, but it was his next three starts over the next two weeks were unusable. Like he had an, at the Rockies and at Dodgers, um and
0: so I just cutting into the chase. You're like, I'm gonna and not so I was gonna... like,
1: well I can't use him the next two weeks. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna let him go and then hope that I get him back. Because you also have to remember like things are gonna rotations are gonna reset after the all-star break. True. And so it's really hard like you should really with these kind of fringe rosterable guys, you should really be looking at their next three starts and going are these guys usable? Because if not, I have no idea what their you know rotation slots gonna look like after the Ulster break. And if they're on a competing team or on a team that's gonna be selling like
0: the Ace, they could be in a completely different situation here in a few weeks. Bingo. I think that's I think that's a great uh great call out there that we have to be mindful of with some of these guys. And so that's why I even broached the question with a Paul Blackburn. Like I said, I'm not doing it myself. I'm I'm not cutting him. So I'm not uh, encouraging other people to do it, but I do think it's a thought exercise that is worth entertaining at the very least. Like I'm looking at my main where I have him or I have Paul Blackburn and like I've got bets and Woodruff. So I got two big IL stashes and I took a gamble on Lamont Wade who was starting the rehab assignment. So hopefully he comes back, but he's technically on the IL as well. And I'm like, maybe I could do it. But I also have Michael Fulmer who I could cut. And frankly, I think I have to cut Giovanni Gallegos. So yeah. I've got two other guys I could cut before him as well. the only reason I'm bringing that up. Oh, uh,
1: I, I can't wait for the All-Star break and we start reviewing our uh, predictions from early this year. Because we're going to talk about when you and I argued about Rossi Iglesias and Giovanni Gallegos. We are. I'm going to victory lap the hell out
0: of that. You are? Aren't I? Are you? Am I? Is Rice Iglesias that good? He's still closing. That's the only thing he's got going for him. 391 ERA. Good whip, too, though. But he's a home run machine. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, Helsley has taken over that job. Yeah. And You know, I knew it wasn't going to – I was not afraid of Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks, or anything like that. But Helsley – Helsley took the job. Flat out took the Is job. Is there
1: anything more frustrating than, like, being in on a guy that's, like, an out-of-nowhere closer a season early? Like, God, I was Helsing all in year. on Helsley last year, like – um, and, and like, and, and then I just didn't go back to the well. Like I, I had really, a of him.
0: I, honestly, like that's, I'm, I'm just going to roast you That's a really bad process. Cause you were so anti gallegos So what were you thinking?
1: I, I like, don't know. Like, how do you live I, I, in the
0: anti-Gaegos world and you don't have hells? Like he went 22 in our league. You have no excuse that week. That week I picked up Ian Kennedy instead of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have no, I I just looked it up on on my shares list. Like I have I have uh I have lots of shares of Ryan Volaldi. Villal- I have a- uh lots of shares of Ryan Jeffries. I have a I couple know, shares Hellsley. of Ryan Reynolds. Um and a couple shares of Brian Hayes, but those are all the Ryans on my on my Jesus St- year.
0: Striker got Helsley for 22 18. I don't know if I tied with anybody else, but I was I was 18 as well but he was back up
1: underrated part of strikers game. And, and really every great player's game. Like, yes, you need a good draft to be competitive, right? If you, if you sure. draft poorly, you're not going to, in most be cases, you're
0: not going to sometimes, you but it's rally. those pickups
1: like those. Like he, he picked up Helsley. He picked up John birdie before the, like the, the birdie tear. Oh.
0: Yeah. It's like, always the small pickups. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's rarely the ones the, the eye popping one that comes up that everyone's crazy. You know, if I if I end up doing something good in this league, you guys will go back to my cow right one dollar before the season yeah. starts and be like, "Oh my god, that was huge!" Right? It's it's always those ones and, more and so yes, than a big
1: dog because he drafted so well. He had you know he had an understanding of like exactly where his weaknesses were, so like he didn't have to like go after Nolan Gorman in the way that I did because I needed power. Because he's got plenty of power. And so he's like, okay, I just need a tech stolen basis. Who are the guys going to be stolen bases? Uh, you know, John Birdie's the guy who always goes on a hot streak. Let me grab him for $3 or whatever you grab him for. You know, oh, I need a few saves. Oh, you know, spec on
0: Ryan Helsley, right? You know, it just... Um, I, knew it, I knew it when it went through, too. That week, I was like, I think I'm going to regret oh,
1: that. so part. humble and nice and...
0: Oh! John Birdie, $13 back on 529 for striker, aka Scott Jensted, who's leading our league and in heavy contention. He's in both of your leagues. So you're getting a double dip mm-hmm. of striker. You're getting struck left and yep. right.
1: Yeah. I'm, he, I'm, he also
0: got Gabriel Moreno for $13.
1: Which is crazy. Um, 612
0: What why why was that so cheap? I guess nobody else needed a catcher i didn't
1: need a catcher so that's why I mean, but now Grandal i was do not on the il yet i do too exactly
0: i so tell me how stupid i am it, the answer is very i understand but uh i've been riding doll instead of picking up fucking random garbage
1: yeah that's dumb.
0: <sighs> really though
1: yeah i i lost sam hoff back down to the minor leagues now that garver's back so like um, should i, I pick I up could've... jacob
0: stallings Yes, do you do you really think that's better?
1: Yes, because you're you're leaving you're leaving whether or not he's hitting home runs, you're leaving RBIs and runs on the board.
0: Two RBIs or three RBIs and two runs.
1: Not very. I know everything RBIs matters. I know
0: everything matters. But and how much would the batting average hurt me?
1: That's that's a fair point. That's why um, like in a
0: lot of leagues, I picked up Jose Trevino. I was going to uh, say Trevino because... is now available in our league. Didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, he's available in our league. I'm probably going to look to get him this week.
1: I will be too. So, um, but can't wait to battle bidding war. Yeah, ha, ha, how
0: many single or how
1: big of a single digit bid are you putting in? Exactly.
0: Who who's single digit? You know, one through nine. Where where are we going to land? Because I mm-hmm. I can tell you if you if you want to go ten, he's yours. I don't mind giving away that. Trade I, secret I right don't there. know that I can afford to go ten. That's exactly why I'm saying if you want to do that. Feel free to uh, to expend that kind of money. So anyway, you know, honestly,
1: up. it's probably not been hurting you as bad as other guys.
0: That's got. That, could I would not, be
1: actively hurting you.
0: I almost never advocate a zero, and I didn't really like to do it. But I looked at the options the last two weeks, and they were nothing, Justin. So I was yeah. just like, I'm gonna, and I know it's bad. I know it is because I could lose by two ribbies, or one run, or whatever. And I know that every little incremental There's, matters.
1: I I lost. Uh, out on the money in my main in 2020 because of one hit. Like, you are you as far as second last at bat of the season, there was the only game going, got a hit and Dusty Wagner jumped above me and cashed, and I didn't. That's like, I mean, so like, so, I mean, my besties right as there, much as like, you don't, wanna, you don't want to, you don't want to beat yourself up. Like when you make um uh, you know, you make a mistake and have to take a zero or uh, or things like that. These leagues do come down to Absolutely. Every, every once in a while, come down to like this one start, this one hit, you know, um, you know, and for me, like I started, I started someone over Robbie Grossman and Robbie Grossman stole four bases in the last week of the season or something like that. I can't remember exactly oh, what it was. Gosh, that's brutal. Here, here's and what I'll that's say. what cost me.
0: If I had started Jacob Stallings, I probably would have. Be, I'd be tied with you in runs at 450. However, the 150 average that he had would have cost me at least one point, maybe two. So I think, I think I'm like right there. I I agree. Don't give away stats. I agree. We we preach that all the time. I almost never would take a zero. But I thought that these guys were more painful than they were help. And now a few of the guys have been cut uh, in the recent week. So that's why I think this week I will find somebody. If you outbid me for Jose Trevino, there's a few other catchers that were cut. So hopefully we can get somebody because, yeah, um, he was one of the ones cut this week. So we're both Colorado guys, Servin and Elias Diaz. If any three of those had been available before, Trevino, Servin, or Diaz, I would have had them. But there was nothing even to their caliber that was available. So that's kind of where I'm at. But anyway. That was a Paul Blackburn tangent that took us a lot of different spots. Josiah Gray, (laughs) 53rd. A little bit of a different player here, right, uh, than the Paul Blackburn. In fact, than a lot of these guys, this is more of a dominant, like, holy crap, we know he can be kind of a god, but he does have that one thing holding him back, which is an extreme home run rate. We've been talking about some of these other guys who've been having home run suppression, uh, good luck, that's kind of driving their success. He succeeds in spite of, of his home run rate, Mm -hmm. 395 ERA, 126 whip, 1.8 homer nine, but 73 strikeouts in 68 innings. And Josiah Gray is on fire of late with four straight good ones, yielding a 0.82 ERA and 22 strikeouts in 22 innings, but also 11 walks. So we know the issues with Gray, but what can we expect the rest of the year? More volatility um, depending on the home runs, or is he turning a corner with just two homers allowed in these last four? Oh, after 12 in his first nine, by the way, I should say, with Josiah. I mean, Scherzer. I don't think he's turning a corner
1: yet. Like, that's, that's I agree. I mean, he's, I he's still, you know, putting the ball in the air like 50% of the time. Um, so, like, I, I don't think that that is like, I don't think it's like all of a sudden, hey, like, yeah, the walks could still be an issue, but at least not giving up home runs. I think that is likely due to a little bit of luck. Um, I mean, against Philadelphia, you know, he gave up 47% fly balls um, and did not give up a home run. And then the other three of those four starts were uh, home versus Miami, uh, or I'm sorry, at Miami, at Cincinnati, and home versus Colorado. Like, yeah, I think he's just getting a little bit lucky, and that's uh it's helping. Like, I love the skills on the dude. Like, if he ever figures out how to command and control oh, yeah. his stuff, like I think he could legitimately be a, a top tier pitcher in baseball. He's not there yet. Um and so I think this enjoy the hot streak, and I have been, like in Towers, uh where where I've got him, uh, but like know that the the blow ups weren't gonna return. Like that's that this this he's still this guy who when he cannot locate within the zone, he's gonna give up some hard contact out of the park so yep uh love 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 the skills and the potential i love the idea of josiah
0: gray me too i don't love the reality yet i'm I'm excited about his overall future but i do agree that the immediate the the short term will still have volatility Mm -hmm. uh the home runs are not gone he has not completely figured that out it's a heater right now enjoy it team streamer though and um some of the downsides can really hurt you. The mm-hmm. The tough part about a home run guy like this, especially one with a walk issue like Josiah Gray, is that he can undo all four of these good starts with one bad one. Like, sure. like this weekend, he could he could give it all back at Texas randomly and just get get totally got. So I hope he doesn't. Uh, and I wish he was facing John Gray, by the way. Two J Grays. Would, that, that would have be been That would have been great. Yeah. They were squaring off, but they're not. So, boo. All right, our last guy, a, a long time sleeper in the bust favorite here mm-hmm. ross stripling he's back in the saddle again baby filling in for Hunjin ryu on a long-term basis and uh looking good on the season he's got 52 and two-thirds with a 3080 ERA, 106 whip 20 k which is meh but five percent walk rate does have an 11 swinging strike which maybe he can tap into some more strikeouts then keeping the ball down and in the yard uh, spiked his ground ball rate right back up to 53 that's actually a career high When he first started going with the Dodgers, he was a ground ball guy. He left the Dodgers. The ball started going in the air like crazy. It's like, whoa, 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 Ross, what are you doing? That led to a 2.2 homer per nine over the last two seasons for Ross Stripling, 37% ground ball rate. Got it back up to 53%. Unsurprisingly, the home runs have come down with it. 0.5 so far this year doubt he maintains that level of home run suppression but as long as he's keeping the home runs down i like stripling he's got an opportunity uh he does have a boston tampa bay two-step next week i'm a no boston guy so i would sit that uh without cutting him though i'm a team streamer for ross stripling i'm sticking with him for uh, next week as far as keeping him but i i'm not going to start him against boston what about you
1: oh contraire mon frere you're gonna Um, start him I'm going to start he's been really good as a starter. I know, and but Boston a, a is so lot scary. of a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, some of the stats he racked up uh you know, he did as a reliever. He's actually been better as a starter than he was a reliever. Mm-hmm. Uh the fly ball percentage is down. Uh the the infield fly ball percentage is double his home run uh, uh per fly oh, ball percentage. Is, uh he is ha- he is doing a really good job of getting guys to uh in uh, induced into weak contact um ground balls um he's gone six in two of his last three starts mm-hmm. uh and so like you don't have to worry I think he might stay in this rotation for good if we does come back I think there's a chance that Kikuchi loses his spot um uh or or another guy loses a spot I like Ross strip. like I'm I
0: mean I love Strip but Boston Boston yeah, taking it I mean the Tampa Bay one is actually like pushy yeah, enough to exactly maybe that's
1: it. why that's exactly why. If it if it was Boston and New York, I'm not touching that. What or if it was, it, like,
0: Boston and Baltimore? I'd do that. I think I would. That part Baltimore Camden is so insane now. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be pitching in Camden now. Yeah. That's where we're at with and, it. I mean,
1: right. He gets the pitch at home for that Boston. Like it's, it's not, not like it's terrible. it's not in Fenway. So yeah, I think can, I'm.
0: Are you convincing me on this, dude? I, I think it might be convincing me.
1: And then he's got. I think uh he's
0: got Seattle. He's at Seattle for his next. Which I'm totally play. fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just. Are I'm, you convincing me right now to use strip a dip in? Or, I don't I have Boston. stripling anywhere, but um, I if do. I did, so i actually am making Hey,
1: remind me i will use raw stripling in dfs though i really shouldn't because like i'm i'm killing it in town hey may- maybe and i've got a hundred point lead right now on second place in the towers wars
0: daily lead. You, you've been even you've been, um, and you've been doing well in like just your own personal draft although yeah. well, you had a funny moment the other day where uh you were off to a fantastic start. You were like, oh no God, joke. It so was
1: amazing. like a three K I was up like three K after like the first and you two were working it, like you were dancing. I, I showed it him. off to my wife. I was all like, I'm gonna take you out to dinner wherever, wherever you, you want. You want. Oh, and by the end of the day, I won five bucks in total. Like and uh And what did like, you tell her? What did like, you, tell you can pick out anything you want at talk about. Only one thing because only one thing any
0: single thing you want.
1: But you can have any single thing. You can have that yeah, one. It, was, thing. it did not. as
0: well. was really. Funny. I mean,
1: I still profited. So, like, you're not hey, going to like as
0: long as you're as long as you're green at the end of mm-hmm. the night. You got that green number. You're feeling good about that, but that's really funny. I saw that tweet um, about it going the wrong way. Just put Stripling in a secondary lineup, then. Yeah, you know, that's what like, right. I, I put. I'll I
1: put in them into our contest, and Perfect. then I'll do a secondary lineup for, for yeah cat wars if if I don't like the rest of the starters. So.
0: I didn't have Bieber anywhere, but I was saying start him for the the tough two step to the at Colorado at Dodgers. So I said I'll do I'll do uh, DFS. So that's what you're doing here with mm-hmm. the stripway, and I respect it. So we and, will have- uh,
1: and sign up for these contests. I was like about I to say we will we, have a game. Right right for this I'll, I'll try Friday. to remember to to tweet them out and stuff too, um, because I am consistently killing it, and I want, you want money. people. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I you want, want yeah. people in
0: to get more money. Yeah, I, I need want more money in. So we have a higher volume and yeah. I just like having, I, I've you are having like, a great year.
1: I've won it like five times this year. Like it's... You've
0: been crazy. You know man. who's... I've. Um, Interestingly, I haven't even... I've done all right in my own, but I've been doing well in Brad's, Brad Johnson's. Oh,
1: I haven't played in Brad's. I should play in that one.
0: You, do you not get the automatic invite?
1: I do, but I... I I haven't so been easy
0: to just, Yeah, I just hit that little bell in the upper He doesn't
1: right. – yeah, I don't play every day necessarily. So, like, you know, he does not on a lot of the days I don't play, unfortunately.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Well, if you're listening to this on Friday, you can join the Sandlot Friday game. It'll be in the Roto Write-Up. It'll be on my Twitter. It'll be mm-hmm. on my box score bits. You'll find it everywhere. But, Justin, you had to wake up early because you got work. So, I'll let you go. Great talking with you. You and Jason going this weekend? I know we went we did Monday, but what Jason
1: up and I are not going this weekend. I am supposed to find a guest. I will
0: look for somebody. Um two weekends off, right? Because then something else is the weekend after. Am I wrong on that one?
1: A fourth of July. I'll be gone. That's right. So we'll have an episode on
0: Tuesday, and then I leave for vacation. So you'll have to and find I will- and i will take okay. care of that also this episode will include the second installment of ben clemens investigates i'm going to send the clip Ooh. over to justin ben clemens investigates alejandro kirk so that will be Ooh. coming up right after this so stay tuned he so won me miss somebody in dfs the other day oh my god he's been he's been unreal mm-hmm. but you don't want to miss the bci so stay tuned for that as well but justin great talking with you i hope you have a wonderful weekend
1: take it easy Baseball is a game of mysteries. When a mystery has become too complex for the average fantasy baseball mind, we must call in the greatest of investigators. This is Ben Clemens Investigates.
2: I decided to investigate Alejandro Kirk. And unlike many investigations, I'm not trying to figure out if Kirk is good or if he's cooked or... Is this all fake? It's not all fake. He's good. The question here instead is, is he one of the very best hitting catchers in baseball? And so what I decided to do is look for flukes. Go through his statistical record from this year and look for places where he's getting too hot, where he can't keep it going, where pitchers are doing the wrong thing and really feeding into him. And at first you might think, yeah, pitchers are doing the wrong thing and feeding into him because he's seeing more pitches in the upper third of the strike zone than he ever has, you know, in, in limited playing time but then he ever has and he's a very good high ball hitter he's got a nice flat swing he can shorten up and he has enough power that when he puts the ball in the air good things tend to happen so you might say uh ah, he's just seeing too many pitches high in the zone and that makes him very exploitable if you're a pitcher because you can just throw lower in the zone and he won't hit as well anymore and there's just one problem that's not true he's actually a great hitter in everywhere he's a good hitter inside he's a good hitter outside he's a good hitter low in the zone he's better than league average there He's a good hitter in the middle of the zone. He's better than league average there. And he's an especially good hitter high in the zone. But pitchers have a real bind in that you really want to strike Kirk out or at least get him to swing and miss at some pitches. And you're just not going to do it low in the zone. He doesn't whiff very often. He doesn't chase very often. He's a very patient hitter. And it's just hard to get anything done down there. He doesn't chase enough breaking balls for you to really come out ahead. And so what pitchers have settled on is trying to get him out high in the zone. And he's struck a nice balance. So what he's done is he's started swinging less at pitcher, pitches low in the zone it looks as though he's kind of targeting high in the zone but he's not at some wildly high swing rate where you can just throw him pitches above the top of the strike zone and get him to swing crazily there he's actually just a little bit above league average he's, he's got a nice upper third swing rate but nothing that jumps off the page and that's why pitchers have to keep trying him up there because it's just not going to work to throw him stuff low in the zone and try to make him get himself out he's too good at laying off this leaves you in basically this position if kirk swings too little he becomes exploitable for pitchers because they can just challenge him in the strike zone and he's he is capable of being a pretty passive hitter if he swings too much well then it becomes profitable to throw him out of the zone and you've seen that throughout his career when he's swung the most the end of last year and into the very beginning of this year he hasn't done quite as well And when he gets too passive, and that hasn't happened very often, he's pretty good at swinging at a consistent rate. Uh, It's a little bit easier to challenge him in the zone, get ahead of him in the count, and deal with him that way. So my metric for Kirk is to watch his rolling swing rate. And if it's bouncing around between, call it, 40 and 43%, 40 and 44%, he's a tough nut to crack. You're just not going to do very much to get it past him. He hits the ball everywhere. He doesn't have any holes and... You run into this problem of do i want to throw him a low pitch that he'll take or do i want to throw him a high pitch that he'll swing at and that's basically it as far as i'm concerned if he can keep doing what he's doing now which is maintaining a healthy balance between swings and takes and by all right by all means he probably will he's been very good at this throughout his career then i think he's a top two hitting catcher in baseball i don't think there's anything fluky about his current performance i don't think there's anything unsustainable This is who Alejandro Kirk is. He's a guy who has a good understanding of the strike zone, who works to his own strengths and weaknesses, but he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. So that basically just comes down to he knows where to swing to put the best impact on the ball, but he swings enough in all the other zones of the plate and chases rarely enough that you just won't beat him with a simple cookie-cutter approach. And as far as I'm concerned, that means, yes, bye. Alejandro Kirk is going to remain one of the best hitting catchers in baseball for the foreseeable future. While we're on the topic of the Jays, I decided to do just a quick look at Gabriel Moreno. And he hasn't really hit enough in the majors to know anything about him. He has 25 plate appearances as I record this. But the one concern that evaluators had about him going into this year was whether his approach was a little bit too geared for ground balls, essentially. And whether the upper levels of the minors had exposed that. When he was in the lower levels, that wasn't really happening. But in a brief look at AAA last year... He had his highest ground ball rate ever, and it's been high ever since. My verdict: I am worried. I think that until he can start lifting the ball again, I would not be very interested in from in him from an offensive production standpoint. I think he's going to be a great prospect, but he just does not look to me ready to face major league pitching and elevate the ball. He's, you know, he's not striking out at all, and so there's there's value in that, but he is just not. He doesn't have a major league hitter's profile at the moment. I think he's. Just going to keep hitting grounders for the remainder of this year, and I wouldn't value him that highly going forward for this year.
1: This has been another edition of Ben Clemens Investigates. You can follow Ben's work over at Fangraphs.com. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Ben underscore Clemens. Thank you for listening.